Thanks for joining us for the Connect Podcast. I'm Cole Phillips, the lead pastor of the Connection Church, and every week we're going to look into the Bible to find out how God's Word connects to our everyday lives. It's going to be life-changing. The Connect Podcast is produced every week for your growth and inspiration. You can find all the show notes at makingtheconnection.org. You can also find the podcast on your favorite podcasting service, Follow me on Twitter at Cole Phillips and on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Now, let's get into the study. Hey, hey, welcome to Midweek. So excited to to get into this today. I'm especially excited this morning because I've invited a special guest and a friend to join us right now. So let's give a big uh, connection family Welcome to Ron Johns. There he is. Hey. Hey, Ron. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. It's been a busy morning, but uh, looking forward to this. <laughs> well, thank you for taking your time this morning and making it such a priority to be with us and rearranging your schedule a little bit. Um, so, so I just, I know I tell this story a lot, but there are some who have not heard the story. So I've just got to tell. I mean, it's a long story. It's a long story, but I'll tell it. I'll tell it. Um, so, so starting the church, I was starting the church, and uh, it was a Sunday afternoon when I got a phone call, and it was this was back in the day, sixteen years ago. I got a phone call, um, and it was a guy who said his name was Ron Johns. His wife's name was Yoko, and so with all the John and Yoko, I was definitely. You know, thinking of the Beatles and all of this, but he said he he told me he was interested in coming the church, coming to the church, and he played the keyboards. And so immediately, because of some of my experience with different people who claim to be musicians, uh, I was picturing Ross from Friends with his key, little keyboard and <laughs> making sound effects and things like that. Well, fast forward to like a week later, we're having a worship service, and Ron is wheeling in his keys to play with the band that day. And I thought, oh, this is going to be interesting. I didn't know that he had worked it out with the, with the guy who was leading worship to come and play. So, so he's playing, and uh, I remember that day praying at the close of the service and just hearing this beautiful, heavenly music behind me as I was praying, and it was powerful. And Ron is just such a gift to me personally and to our, our church family. So, um, so thank you, Ron, for that. Um, it's a blessing to be a blessing. And it's, uh, it's been a, you know, um, a huge part of my life and I'm something I'm truly thankful for, you know, this opportunity that God's given us yeah. to, you know, to spread the word of God and to worship him, you know? Yeah. I don't miss, uh, I don't miss very often. I take very few Sundays off. I'm not sure who has, been at church more often, me or Ron, over the past sixteen <laughs> years, <laughs> but uh, but it's a pretty close it's a pretty close uh, tie right there. I think so. so. Uh, that that's cool. That's cool. And Ron, you have a, a ministry as well uh, that you call Music to Pray by. Tell us a little bit about the heart behind that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it started um, actually 
in the late nineties, um, a church that I went to when I was in Connor before I moved to Austin, uh, there was a guy there that, um, his style of playing was something I had never heard before. And so I kind of started to mimic it, but then God just uh, started putting, you know, melodies in my heart as I played. And, um, and so we had a Friday morning uh, men's uh, prayer meeting that we would have on a weekly basis. And uh, this guy's name was John, actually. Uh, he, uh, he was playing for it. And then one day the, the pastor asked me to do it. And, uh, and so just being, up on stage at a grand piano while men were in the audience praying and just feeling the Holy spirit. And, uh, you know, being able to be a part of that was, uh, so huge to me. And I was like, well, I should record this. And so I actually put out an album and, um, you know, there was one guy in particular that, uh, had told me the impact that it was having in his life. And he actually, uh, it was only a 45 minute uh, album that I put out. He actually copied it and made it an hour and a half long so that he could pray for an hour and a half straight without any interruption. And, and so from that, it just kind of grew into a website. Uh, Cole, it was your idea actually to do music to pray by the con where we were at a, I think it was a, one of the conferences here in Austin. And so I pulled up my phone and just registered the domain. This said it been wow. 2007, I think. 2008 so that's, that's music to pray by.com and there's a lot yes. of content on there right now like there's podcasts that are all piano music beautifully recorded and professionally recorded and uh you know so people can just go to that music to pray by.com to keep up with uh, that music and and yeah, what is out there maybe yeah, some more will be coming yeah and there's an album out there as well yeah life circumstances has kept, has kept me from it for the past couple of years but uh it's still in my heart, and I, I believe that those circumstances are going to change here soon so that I can get back into it. One thing you can count on is things things will change. Hey, you know what? We are going to be diving into 1 Corinthians chapter 3 today, and I hope to, to move through this, but uh, this is so good. This is so important um, because as, as we look into 1 Corinthians, we see a central message here in 1 Corinthians is that um, in order to have a great life, you need to be a part of a great church. It's so important that you're a part of a great church. And, and I, I just want to uh, remind you that during this time, that church is essential. We've been having a lot of discussion about what is essential during these times? And people will say, well, you know, the grocery store is essential and, and uh, you know, certain, certain things are essential. Let me tell you, church is essential. Church is not something that uh, people made up. It, it's something that, that God created. And, um, and right now <laughs> we're going to get into some stuff that, that I'm super excited about, uh, in the word, but just to sort of set the foundation for it, you know, it's crazy to me that if you look at a list of what is, uh, where, where you can't get sick and where you definitely will get sick, the list that I'm seeing, they're all saying, you know, the most dangerous place, many of many of the lists say it's so dangerous to be at church. I don't know if you've seen that. I hope uh, I'm not telling you something you have not already seen um, or, or have not. Yeah, you've not seen. But they're saying that. And I don't know what they're what they're thinking, because I feel like they're thinking of church in the sense that, you know, the way we were doing 
church gathering pre-COVID where, you know, we're all up in each other's business and, and hugging each other and, and all that, which I wish we were able to do. But what we do when we gather together is we, um, we're, we're physically distant from each other, wearing the masks, um, sanitizing our hands, cleaning everything. I mean, it is, that's what it is like right now. And, um, and yet people are being told it's so dangerous. Let me tell you, (laughs) it's dangerous to separate yourself from, uh, from the church, from God's people. Now, now I understand that, um, you're part of the church, whether you're gathering with us physically or whether you're gathering with us online, uh, you're still part of the church. So I'm not saying that you have to physically be, um, you know, in a building. And we're going to be talking about that today as we look into to 1 Corinthians. But uh, at the same time, you know, I look at our culture and what's happening in our culture. And as believers, we are called to be uh, salt and light. I just got a, a notification that came across uh, my my computer just then, just that moment that distracted me, and it said, uh, it said that digital church is all about relationships. So whether you're physical, whether you're digital, it's still about connection. It's still about relationships. But you know, the Bible says that as believers, we are salt and light. And and what does salt do? Salt is a preservative, right? And it preserves our culture and, and light. Uh, shines in those dark places in our culture. And uh, right now we're facing so much um, crisis in our culture. And I can't help but think that when you take all of the church, all of God's people, and you pull them out of the church and you isolate people, that that definitely has a negative, destructive effect in our, in our culture. Um, Now, um, what has happened historically during times of crisis is people gather together. But what's happened during this crisis is we're all scattered. Now, as we're scattered, we've got to stay connected. We've got to work intentionally more to stay connected. All right. When I was growing up, we had this saying, and I don't know if you, uh, you remember this, but it went like this. It went, do, you can do this with me, with your hands. It went, here is the church. Here is the steeple. Open the doors. And here are all the people. And there was a time when all you had to do was build a church building and the people would come. And when I, where I grew up in Dallas, you have all of these churches that had steeples on them. They had steeples, and um, and then here in the Austin area, uh, you don't see so many of the steeples around here. But even our our uh, campus in San Marcos originally had a steeple on it. It had a steeple. But um, today, there's a difference. Today, you could do it this way. You could go. Here's the church. Here's the steeple open the doors and where are all the people? Where are they? Where are they? Well, I think for, for, for many reasons, churches are not, you know, people are not gathering. And uh, I think we've become more cynical 
today than ever before. We don't like to make commitments to anything, right? In fact, um, in fact, I'm going to bring I'm going to bring Ron on right now to talk about commitment. Ron, can you can you jump back on? Okay, yeah. Ron, yeah. I want you to talk because I know you were thinking that just then. You were thinking about commitment and the importance of commitment in your life. You've had some great opportunities to 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 leave and to move, and you haven't. T- tell us about that. Yeah, um, I, I just I growing up, it, I my, my my family we were church hoppers. We would go to uh, you know different churches every six months to a year. And, um, it, it just really seemed to, um, affect me in a negative way. And and so when I, um, when I kind of recommitted my life to Christ, not kind of actually recommitted my life to Christ in the Marine Corps, uh, I was, um, I was of the mindset that I was going to stick with whatever pastor I was under through thick and thin. And, um, and the only thing that would change that is if I had to leave. And when I came to Austin, I was like, this is our home uh, or the Austin area. And, and so when I found the Connection Church, that became part of my home. The church did. And it, it, anytime we would consider leaving or moving, that was the very first thing that we uh, would talk about as a family is, um, is, one, is it God's will that we move? And two, the, the church, our home, you know, we're going to be leaving our home. And, mm. and so that's been the, probably the primary thing that has kept us in this area is because I know this is where God wants us prim- primarily, but also, it, you know, the church is our home and God, you know, we see God working in so many ways through us, um, you know, and, and so that, you know, that culminates into, a, I guess, a view that uh, you miss out on so much when you, when you hop around and you go and you, you know, go to all these other churches. Uh, there's so much that you miss out on, uh, you know, and, and I think my life and my, my family's lives uh, are a testament to that. And it's just been such a tremendous period of growth the past 16 years that we've been at the Connection Church. Yeah, it's produced. It produces spiritual growth in your life and you're able to actually make a bigger difference as well through it because of the relationships and because of just the consistency and, you know, we have so, so much trouble making those commitments and sticking with those commitments. And so, yeah, I just wanted to thank you, Ron, for your faithfulness and your consistency uh, has been uh, such an example. And uh, you've, you've lived it out to show us that it is possible. It is possible. Well, thank you for jumping back on. I know that was a surprise to you, but I needed, I needed to just hear from you right there. So thanks, man. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to move. Keep, keep going. So. So um, there's a lot of confusion about what church is supposed to be today, what it's supposed to look like, even from people inside the church. A lot of people think the church is like a religious club for super spiritual people, uh, kind of like a, a holy health club or a Christian country club. And for some people, you know, church is just a place that you go for uh, holidays like, like Christmas or Easter. I think there's such misunderstanding about the church, and, and that's part of the reason why people don't don't get the importance of it. Maybe you go to church for a wedding or a funeral, even though many of those uh, you know weddings and all are moving outside of the church even these days. But some of you growing up 
you had a drug problem. Your parents drug you to church, right? And so, um, but, but what if, what if there's actually nothing better than the local church? What if there's nothing better going than the local church? What if there's nothing more beautiful and more effective than a biblically uh, healthy community of faith? And that, you know, we have seen God do so many incredible things over the years through our church as we have worked to stay faithful to God's word and continue to reach into uh, our culture and, uh, and love people right where they are. And, and it's not something that we have done as much as it's something that God has done. We believe that this is a dream born in the heart of God and that that has made the difference here. And understand, there is no such thing as a perfect church, right? Uh, But we are the perfect church for imperfect people, because that includes all of us. Um, And and we will love people um, that people will, other people will reject. That doesn't, that's not the same thing as applauding people for uh, sinful choices, but it's about loving people right where they're at because that's how God loves us. God loves the world and and so God loves people. And so we're going to love people too. And I want us to look at three pictures that we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 um, uh, that Paul gives us of the church. You know, right now we like to take pictures and post them on Instagram. It's all about the gram. Well, Paul gives us these three good photo, uh, family photos of the church. And I want to talk about those uh, this morning for the next few minutes. All right. So if you have, uh, you have a Bible, turn there, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And the first picture of the church here in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 3 is the church is a family. I want us to read that together. All right. And here's what it says. Paul says, dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belong to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food because you weren't ready for anything stronger and you still aren't ready for you're still controlled by your sinful nature. You're jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you're controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like people of the world? Well, he starts out saying, dear brothers and sisters. He, He looks at the church and those in the church within the body of Christ, he looks at at other Christians as a family, as brothers and sisters. I remember, you know, how how weird I realized that was. I was at the mall one time, and I saw um, a pastor in the mall, and I called out, uh, hey, Brother James, you know, and I'm like, I thought, that sounds super weird. Like, people are going to look and think, are you part of a cult? Or what? What is it? Why, why would you, you know, brother so-and-so, brother and sister? Well, we don't really do that in the church anymore. We don't call each other brother and sister uh, as much, but we're still brothers and sisters, right? And so they, the, the, the Christians in Corinth, they had this, 
this uh, illusion that they were wise. They thought they were wise. And Paul says, no, no, you're still spiritual babies. And uh, I'm sure that was a blow to their, their pride, right? Um, and so, but, but how do we enter into the family of God? We enter in by putting our faith and trust in Jesus. And when we first are, Jesus calls it being born again, we're born as newborns, and then we have to grow. And so it's okay to be a newborn when you're a newborn. And and yet at the same time, it's not okay to stay that way. So the Christian life is constantly, we're constantly growing, we're constantly learning, and we're doing that in our families as well. We're doing that as, uh, as uh, was mentioned in our comments with our connection groups and uh, small groups, and we grow together. And, um, and so what, what was their problem? They were, uh, they were fighting with each other, brothers and sisters. Sometimes they fight with each other, right? And that's a sign of immaturity. Uh, maybe you're fight, you got kids fighting in your house right now, and it's a sign of immaturity. So we got to grow up and, and think about what that does to our, um, our, what we're saying to people outside of the church when they see us fighting within the church. Uh, and so we've got to be careful that we're not fighting with one another about things that really do not matter. Now, there are some things that deeply matter, and we got to speak up about those. But uh, we've got to do that in love as well and not over little things like, oh, you follow him and you follow this person. Um, so in a family, everybody has a responsibility. Everybody has a, a role that they're to live out, a, a, a God, God-given, godly responsibility. And, and being a part of a church family is not about having your name on a role. It's about the role that you live out that, you, that you're playing in God's story of life change in our world. And so the Bible says the church is a family. That means that we should act that way to each other, care about each other like family. And yes, it is, it is personal. It's about relationships. We love each other. We have sympathy and empathy, and, and we're humble with each other. And um, we make sure that we guard against divisions. Okay. And Paul is very serious about that. So first he says the church is a family, but then he also says the church is a field. We see this, check this out in verse five, who is Apollos and who is Paul that we should be the cause of such troubles. Um, He says, we are only God's servants through whom you have believed the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord Gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are God's workers, and you are, he says, God's field. And he says, you're God's building. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But when he says, uh, he, he talks about we're both God's servants. He's saying we're ministers. And in church, in the Connection Church in particular, and in uh, churches, you know, the, the, the idea is that every member is a minister. Every member, every p- person in the church is not necessarily a pastor, but every person has a ministry and a role 
to play. You've got a part to play. And uh, you bring something to the, the church field and the church body that nobody else brings. You know some things nobody else knows, and you can do some things nobody else can do. And so it's so important that we all play the part that God has given to us. One uh, plants, one waters. And yet it's God who causes the increase. We all do our role. And listen, there's no small parts to play. Even when you share uh, this message, when you're sharing this on your uh, on your Facebook pages and you're just helping to spread the word, that's all of us working together to get out the word. And we're not trying to necessarily gain, he says, gain followers for ourselves. It's all about people following Jesus. And we need to always be pointing people to Jesus. Now, yes, God uses the Connection Church in the process. And uh, we want to just stay faithful and continue to present the word. But God is the one who is, by his spirit, he's changing hearts and lives. And he uses us to make these things happen. And we, you know, you are so important in the body. You have a part to play. You might be wondering, what is that part? Well, jump in, make yourself available. You know, one of the most um, dangerous prayers that you can pray is, um, is God use my life. God, I'm available. And you pray that prayer and God will use you in, in such incredible ways, Right. And so it's God that uses us and God that, that, that does the work through us. It's so amazing because we can take little small steps and God magnifies that and makes things grow in big ways. If we will just be faithful in those small, in those small things. So the church is a field. And then finally, he says, the church is a building. He says, you are God's building. And this right here in verse 10 and on it's a uh, it's a it's a bit of a long passage, but I would like to read it. It says, "Because of God's grace to me, I've laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever's building on this foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials." gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw, many different resources that are available to us. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. Let me just talk about that for a second. Then I'd like to, to move on. I'd like to go on with this passage, but he's saying, you know, it's Jesus that saves you. It's faith and trust in Jesus that he saves you. But then you have work that is to be done. And, um, and it's important that you're building on that solid foundation of Jesus Christ. And you're not, you're not uh, straying from that foundation because when it's all over and everything is said and done, what you have done with your life, what you've invested your life in, the work that you've done will be tested by fire. I mean, it's like going to be tested and whatever was not 
uh, of eternal value, it will be burned up. And all that will be left is what you did for Jesus. And he says that now that's not going to determine your salvation. You know, you will still be saved. But um, he gives this picture and I love this picture. He says the builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. And another way, another picture here that you could look at is this phrase. It's an old phrase that uh, you may have heard before. Like you barely escaped by the, have you heard this? By the skin of your teeth. You barely, you barely escaped by the skin of your teeth. Have you ever thought about what the skin of your teeth is? Okay. I want you to do something. You're all by yourself. Nobody's probably with you right now. So I want you to take your finger and I want you to do do that right there. Okay, hopefully you brushed your teeth today. <laughs> but you know that little film that develops on your, your teeth? That's the skin of your teeth. And you will be, so what he's saying is you will be saved, but it's that flimsy. It's that small. Okay, you're barely escaping through a wall of flames. If what you build your life on and what you build with your life has no eternal value. It's so important that we look at our life and look at what we're doing with our life and say, is my life building something that will last, that will matter? What will matter for eternity, you might be asking? Well, well, it's changed lives. It's lives that are impacted for Jesus. It's pouring into your kids. It's uh, reaching others and, and helping others grow. And so those things are what will last forever. He goes on. Don't you realize all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you. You are the temple of God. Another translation says you are God's house. You're the house of God. And God will destroy anyone who destroys the temple. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you're wise by this world's standards, you need to become a fool to be wise for the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the scriptures say, he traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. He knows they are worthless. Remember we've talked about discernment and I hope that as you're listening to the media, you're listening to the news, you're scrolling your, your social media feed. You're doing that with discernment and thinking, okay, how does God see this and check it with scripture, check it with a spiritual leader, in your life. Okay. Uh, so don't boast about following a hu- particular human leader for everything belongs to you, whether Paul or Apollos or Peter or the world or life and death or the present, and the future, everything belongs to you and you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. You know, in the old Testament, they said that God, uh, dwelled in the house in the new Testament. Jesus said, I am the house. And then he flipped it and he said, if you open your life to me, if you allow me to uh, change your heart and your mind and, and your, your, uh, just your, your whole life, you can make, um, I, will, I will make my home in your heart and you become a part of the house. And so um, Jesus didn't say, um, you know, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, he, he didn't say, um, I will build my hospital. He didn't say, I will build my school. I, I will build my nonprofit charity. He said, I will build my church. I will build my church. 
He is the one who builds the church. And it's something not that people build, but that Jesus builds, that Jesus gave his life for. And he loves the church. He gave his life for the church. This is the house. And in Austin, you you can drive down the street and you see uh, that we have a homeless issue. There's, There's homelessness where people are living on the streets and they don't have a home. Um, and uh, that is a problem. That is a problem. And that's something that we need to be able to, to, to do something about and, and make a difference with. Physical homelessness is a problem, but let me tell you, there's another problem, and that is spiritual homelessness. And I feel like it's a big problem right now um, that there are people who don't have a church home. And, um, and, you know, there are people, even they have nice homes, you know, some people who have very nice homes, but at the same time, they're jumping from marriage to marriage and from bed to bed, from relationship to relationship, from, uh, you know, job to job. They think that they will find a home there, but they're homeless. And so I'm talking about God's house that we all need to be a part of the house of God. You don't want to live your life in a homeless state outside of the house of God. Um, In in the New Testament, you find that it was all about belonging to become a part of the living, breathing body of Christ. And the church is a body. It's not a business. And, And so we want to remember that being a part of a church is not just having your uh, name on a role. It's about the role that you play in God's story of redemption that uh, is all about changing lives through the context of the local church. And, And something supernatural happens when we come together as God's people and we open up God's word and we communicate the truth of the good news of Jesus and the fact that he has changed our lives to make us part of this family, to bring us into this field, and to build our lives on this foundation. You know, the church as a family talks about our spiritual um, maturity, but the church as, as a field, it talks about the quantity growth, that, that we're a field in that way. And the church is a building that we're being built up strong on this solid foundation that we need today more than ever. And I hope that uh, you're encouraged through that and you're strengthened in saying, yes, I'm a part of a local church that is centered on the good news of Jesus. And I love that quote. I'm going to share that, Faye, that we are the only church today that some people will see. So we need to represent with our lives, with our bodies, with um, our actions. We need to represent the owner well, and that owner is Jesus Christ, right? So that is so good. Well, very good. Thank y'all so much uh, for joining me today. I do want to remind you of a couple of things, uh, but first, let me um, let me pray with you as uh, as we close. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for these pictures of the church. God, the church is not an add-on in our life, but we understand that to have a great life, we want to be a part of a great church that is all about the great commission and the great commandments of loving you and loving people. And God, that we uh, live those out with great compassion, we believe. 
that we are part of and are building a great church in the power and the name of Jesus. I thank you for everyone who's joined me today. I pray your blessing on them, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's Connect podcast. If you liked what you heard, then be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate. We want to spread this good word to everybody we can who needs to hear this message. I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to you joining us next week for the Connect podcast. Thank you.